When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Wise Men Say A Whole City podcast. Joining me tonight is my co-host, John. Good evening, John. Good evening, Alex. How are you doing today? Yeah, really good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to recording the episode. Yeah, good. Probably try and aim for a bit shorter this week. So we yeah, we've got less to talk about. Yeah, bit of a bumper episode last week. So, yeah, nice, short and sweet yeah. one tonight. So we're going to talk about um, a review of the uh, unfortunate defeat at the hands of Swindon. And we're going to uh, talk a bit more, um, do a bit of news with regards to the Chiller campaign. Then we've got a really good edition of Hull City Alphabet, a really good letter H to prove to be. And finally, we're going to talk about the uh, Fleetwood game coming up and also the Harrogate game uh, in the Cup in the EFL uh, EFL trophy after that. So, John, if I start us off with the team for Swindon, then I'll ask for your thoughts, all right? Yeah. So, in goal, Ingram, of course, Emmanuel, Burke, Devise and Elder. Usual formation uh, with Doherty and Smallwood. In the sort of centre midfield, the role. Honeyman slightly more advanced. And then the front three of Wilkes, Eves, and KLP. So, your thoughts on the 2 1 loss of Swindon, John? Um, it was like, I, I was quite annoyed actually by, by the result. Um, it's really disappointing uh, from, from watching the majority of the game. Uh, I didn't see all of it, I saw the majority of the game. And watching the goals back. It seemed very slow. Um, even the goal, great goal, solo effort from Keanu's Potter. 
it was sort of very, very slow. And then Honeyman sort of kick-started that change in, in tempo. I would have liked to have seen a higher intensity throughout the whole game. Uh, we did have more shots statistically, but um, Swindon definitely looked like the home team with the amount of possession they had in the passing. But yeah, I'd have just liked us to have been on the front foot a bit more and um, and, and having a little bit more temper to it. We There was times when uh, Tom Eaves was sort of pressing. Uh, he, sort of, he did this last year as well. He, he sort of undoes his hard work. He'll, he'll press a certain angle and force the team maybe to play backwards or sideways. And then he makes this huge overarching run. I don't know, maybe in an attempt to try and cut off a pass back to that player. But he, he sort of leaves a big big hole and they can pass through that first line straight away into our, into their midfield. So it was sort of a bit pointless, really. Uh, and then, obviously, the goal was switched off in a corner. Uh, Cadiz got a goal. And for the second goal as well, sort of parting of the Red Sea or, shall we say, parting of the Black and Amber Sea for the, yeah. for the goal. So... Yeah, uh, quite a few errors there that McCann needs to address. And I definitely say that, uh, I know we weren't the home team, but we were the big team in the league. Obviously, we're now, we're now fifth. And that, that was only Swindon's third league win of the season to take them up to a, a whopping 20th. So, so really, I, I was expecting a lot more from what we saw on Saturday. Yeah, agree with a lot of your, your points there, John. I think... Um... For me, the overarching sort of uh, sort of uh, sort of intensity from the team wasn't there, and I, I'm trying to speculate as to what it is. Obviously, I don't know for sure, but I'm speculating that this team, quite emotional um, team, and I think they're going quite heavy ups and downs. So, you know, we started the season really well, and we was on such a high, and then we sort of smacked back down to earth with the defeat of Fleetwood. And then obviously we won again, um, sort of last week and the week before. And then I think they get on a bit of a run, and then I think, oh, I think, I think they think, oh, yes, we're gonna we're gonna walk it again. And they sort of lose what there was, um, what there was being really good at in terms of that intensity and the press. Uh, and you know, Pochettino was one of these managers who likes to press, and he, he was. Um, on uh, Monday Night Football this week. And he was asked the question, can you maintain that for a full season? And his sort of, his roundabout answer was, no, you can't. So I wonder if there was a little bit of fatigue there. And I think the players thought, oh, this is only Swindon. They've lost five in a row. You know, we'll roll them over. Um, And Swindon just wanted the game a bit more. And often in this league, if you want the game a bit more, chances are you're going to get the results. So, I think for me, hats off to Swindon, who um, who played really well. Um, textbook performance against the big side um, sort of stops us doing our good stuff. And a little bit of complacency from our team, who had one, two on the bounce, and thinking they're big. Um, so I'm going to describe it as a smack back down to earth for uh, McCann and the boys. And he's got a big, big challenge ahead to, um, you know, get the players back down to basics and doing the hard graft. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, I, I agree with you on many points there. But I think the, the fatigue one, I just think, surely at this stage of the season, surely, I mean, you had Emmanuel a few weeks ago saying, oh, we'd love, love to play, we want games coming. 
And it's great to say that when you um, when you're obviously winning games a lot. Surely, surely they have seen from the previous week that McCann isn't afraid to make a change. And if you aren't putting in the effort, he'll take you off at any point. And it was just really, it was so frustrating just to see like a real lack in temper. Moneyman was bringing like the energy and trying to sort of kickstart things. And like we said, the goal was a really good example of slow to fast temper. And then Keen Lewis Potter doing a lot of the, he had a lot of work to do for the goal and he, he was a fantastic solo run and finish a really good goal but like he, he can't be expected to drag the team through a game like that single-handedly at this point in his career he can provide little moments of brilliance but being a young player you know he's not going to be Al Bowen or Grzycki yet who can just carry us through a game with, with 10 other players not particularly playing well so we need to make sure that we are a team throughout the whole year because we will need every single member of this squad and you know like we say Swindon they have to lost five in a row but that's irrelevant because it's their cup final sort of thing against you know a big side so it's a it's a great scalp to take and everyone loves to come and take three points off off Hull City so yeah disappointing I'm hoping we can bounce back and learn our lessons but hopefully uh, I'd quite like to see a few changes uh, coming into the, the next game especially with it being a, an FA Cup game. I still want it to be a strong team. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I'm hoping to see either a response from some of these players or even a, a change in the team and uh, maybe some other people coming in and trying to kick some of the some of the lads out of the team because now's the time to introduce a bit of competition. Absolutely. I agree with that. And uh, it's an interesting one. We now head us to a sort of um, a week and a bit break um, for the league, and it's it's often said when you're winning games you don't want to stop, um, and when you're losing games you, you you know you don't want to stop. You want to get straight back into the next game. But I think it's it can be this this is an opportunity for McCann um, just to reset and just say to the lads, come on, let's get back to how we were playing the first few games. Um, and I agree with you. It's it's a real good opportunity for some of those players who've been perhaps, you know, we, we're not sure, but if they've been performing really well in training, now's you know a chance for McCann to stay right. Well, you know, X had a poor game against um, Swindon, so I'm going to chuck you in instead of said player um, for the for the Fleetwood game. Go out and show me um, why you should be in the first 11 in the league. Because effectively, us versus Fleetwood is like a League One fixture. I'm not yeah. sure how they're going to treat the um, cup, but I'm assuming Joey Barton's going to put a strong side out. So I think, you know, we, sh- we should do the same. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, Barton will love it. He'll, he'll want the BBC cameras down at his ground and, you know, playing a, playing a big team, uh, Premier League team, just to sort of showcase himself. He'd love to go up against probably a, you know, like a Lampard or something in the third round. So he's got a couple of rounds to get through yet, but you can imagine that's sort of his goal uh, and turning over a young English manager in high league. But, uh, yeah, completely agree with you. We said last week about the um, sort of mini-seasons and breaking it up into into sort of that that uh, different sort of parts. This seems like a natural break. You know, 10 games or uh, and, and going into a, a, a couple of, Cup fixtures. This is your your first season is over now, 
and and obviously we're now fifth in our first season. So then we've got to now kick on and try and win our our next sort of mini league in a way uh, and take quite a lot of points. So it'll be interesting to see how other teams sort of approach it. But I do think now we've shown that we're quite beatable. So maybe that fear factor isn't there. And we need to um, ensure that we, we make a statement when we come back to the league. But I agree with you. Nice little nice little break from the league. And then we can sort of come back into it in a, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, any any final thoughts on, on that game, John, before we head off onto the news? Um, yeah, I'd just like to see us play a little bit of a higher line, really. Uh, and and obviously looking at looking at Eves, maybe pressing a little a little bit smarter, trying to cut off the ball through the middle or, you know, through uh, through that first line so easily, trying to force them wide. He forced, forced players wide really well. And then he forced the right back to give it back to the centre half, but then took this big sort of run uh, almost round him, and and uh, he just left a huge gap down the middle. So just seeing if if you know how shape can be a little bit better. Uh, obviously the, the shape was at fault for the goal as well, the second goal, and and seeing if defensively can we move a little bit higher at the pitch because we watched we may be sort of um, a bit spoiled at the beginning of the season having not conceded for so many games. I'm maybe expecting a little bit too much, but I do believe that we've got such a strong defence for League One and it's a championship quality defence when it wants to be. So we need to sort of show it as a a full team, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So coming back to my challenge um, on Eves, um, how would you you say Eves responded to, let's say, he heard my challenge... How would you say? Um, it's it's an interesting one, really, because like he obviously scored quite a few goals with Gillingham um, in League One level, and I'm not sure. If, you know, we having Keen Lewis Potter as our goal scorer, and then Eves is going to be a bit of a forward who holds up, bring up, brings Keen Lewis and Potter into play. I'm not sure, so I'm expecting more goals from him. Uh, looking a little bit more dangerous, but obviously he's just getting back to full fitness. I think he needs some. I think he needs some more time on the pitch. So I'm going to go a little bit easy on him actually, and just say, yeah, he needs needs more time. Um, not a bad start, but not a, a great one. What about yourself? Yeah, um, I didn't get to see all of the game, but um, by the sounds of it, um, like you say, still working to full fitness. So. You know, you can't just judge the man on ninety minutes. Um, so, and I think the team, you know, went didn't perform as well as they should. So, I won't want yeah, to single out any individuals. Yeah, it's hard for him because obviously I said about his pressing and stuff. But when the rest of the team is so deep, if he does bomb too far forward, then there's a huge gap behind him anyway, and he can just play around him just as easy. So it's about the full team sort of helping him out really in that defensive effort. And if we are going to play like a, a medium block and try and win the ball in the middle of the pitch and, and, and you know break forward with some pace, then we need the players a little bit higher at the pitch. It just looks like we were playing a little bit like we were a few year, years ago when we, we would sort of sit back and let Bone and Grzycki take it forward and we'd, we'd hit him on the break. But, he, you know, I can't expect Eves to go around chasing it, winning the ball, you know. And uh, and all that when the rest of the team aren't doing the same. So yeah, I'll cut him a little bit of slack, and we'll see how we get yeah. to the next game. That's good man management, that mate. 
Right. Cheers. Shall we move on to the um, to the news? We're going we're gonna to yeah. try and give an update. Um, you know, frequently on the Chiller campaign, aren't we? So, yeah. Um, the campaign featured on on ITV calendar this evening, uh, and the reports are suggesting that um, supporters have raised over thirty thousand pounds for the campaign, which is incredible. So, well done to you all, all you City fans. Uh, yeah, fantastic effort. Yeah. Uh, and I, I believe I, I said this last week it, that should pay for thirty weeks of care, so that's that's over half a year. So that's really really kind, especially given yeah. these difficult times. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, heartwarming to see. And again, yeah, during these difficult times, it's it's a ni- it's a nice story to be in the news. I think the news is very negative. It sort of always has been really, but especially with COVID, to to see some sort of nice. Stories like that about obviously in a bad bad situation, a really unfortunate and sad situation. There's still something to come out of it that you know brings all city fans together, and we can sort of try and make life a little bit more comfortable for him, uh, which is what we all want. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the campaign is is getting some real traction. Um, I noticed that the Guardian have, have um, posted an article about it. Uh, specifically mentioning Chilo regarding the whole dementia uh, linked to football. So it's it's if if nothing else, uh, aside from the financial side of it, it's gaining um, sort of uh, what's the word? Um, you know, oh the word escapes me, but um, it's sort of gaining real traction. Yeah, momentum, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, maybe something to come in the next few years regarding uh, the sort of systems that they can perhaps put in place to protect players against dementia. Who knows? But there's yeah. certainly there's certainly a link, isn't there? So yeah, and I think we need to look at amateur football as well because not only obviously professionals you train every day and you're playing playing for you know every week pretty much and. You've got to look at maybe amateur football with that as well, what they're going to do in the grassroots game because you do get a lot of players who will play Saturday, Sunday, um, for example, 11 aside, or they'll play, you know, the five aside or whatever during the week or, you know, they'll train and then they'll have a game themselves. So I think maybe it could be useful to take a, a sort of look into the amateur game and seeing if it's the same as the professional game um, because I do think there is a link there uh, and it's something that needs to be addressed. I know they've obviously brought in certain rules like we spoke about last week, but I just wonder if I wonder if there's anything else. We'll only be able to see in obviously in about sort of fifty, sixty years time if these new rules about, you know, um heading from a young age, you know, does help later on. But what what's what what's currently helping the senior players? Uh because obviously it doesn't matter if you don't head a ball up until fourteen, fifteen. If you're playing men's football from 18 to 35, that's an awful long time that you're obviously putting your brain under a lot of trauma. And you're thinking about centre-backs, such as, you know, your Michael Turners or Wayne Browns, Harry Maguire's, that head the ball quite a lot. What What's going to happen to them, in, you know, in future years? So it'll be interesting to see what they find. Yeah, absolutely. So watch this space, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention quickly as well, um, 
the news that affects lower league football. So this week, the government announced that all non-elite sport is to cease until December 2nd as part of COVID. Um, and I myself are linked um, to non-league football in terms of I do a bit of commentary for Barton FM, um, who commentate for Barton Town Football Club. Um, and I just thought I'd like to put a plea out there if there's any non-league clubs that need uh, any support from our podcast in the area, uh, then please do drop us a message. Um, we'd be happy to help because, um, you know, with football not happening, you know, these clubs lose their source of income, don't they? So, um, you know, if, if any clubs need anything in terms of publicity or anything, then please do drop us a message. Yeah, I, I know that um, some clubs in the summer sort of run like takeaway food services and things to try and get some income. Um, I know there was like a drive-in cinema at one non-league club, uh, which was a good idea to raise some funds. So obviously like, your amateur football uh, doesn't really get affected too much because players pay the subs and the club just sort of runs itself. But it's that next level where, you know, players are getting paid and that they do have some serious outgoings. That's when it starts to be affected because obviously they rely on admissions uh, from the spectators to, to keep running. So anything that you're doing, any ideas that you have to sort of fundraise in there, you know, be it the local area or if you're a whole city supporter or linked with whole city from maybe a different part of the world, then be sure to get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's move swiftly on to our predictions for the Fleetwood game. So, according to Flashcard, John, this FA Cup round is the 1-128th final, if that even is such a thing. It's the what? It's, right, so you know how you get like quarterfinal, semi-final, yeah, and all that. They, they're calling this on Flashcore the one one hundred twenty-eighth final. Ah, like, yeah, like a fraction. Yeah, I get it. Fair. Well, we're you know it's decent. That's like the positive way of looking at, it, isn't it? That's like well, you made it. We're getting through this round, and we're in the one sixty-four. Final. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, I think that's a great way of looking at it. We can definitely, yeah. McCann can take that to rehab at the end of the year and go, well, you know, you say first round, I say one 128 final. Yeah. Tomato. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can make it through, yeah, to the 164. That'd be good. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the game? I uh, thinking that we need a reaction from from the league. However, I do think changes are needed. I think this is a good opportunity for, I mean, I'm not sure if Coyle's fit, but, uh, you know, good opportunity for the likes of maybe McGinnis, Coyle, or, you know, those players on the bench, uh, Thomas Meyer maybe as well, to come on. And um, especially if you look at which conceded two goals, looking at maybe McLaughlin and Greaves as well. Can you get some players coming in to mix in with, a, a you know, a strong first team? and see if they can stake a claim for a starting spot. Uh, it's a, a fellow League One club, fully expecting Barton to put out a strong side for this. Uh, they'll have the confidence from beating us earlier in the league, thrashing us in the league, actually. And um, I, I'm expecting it to be a, a tough game, but a good game at that. I'm going to go for... I'm torn. I'm, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. 
Um, uh, and I'm not sure the stipulation. I think if it's not going to be a replay, I'm going to go with a Hull City win on penalties. Um, so, yeah, so I was on the I was on the fence between a one nil City win or a one all. I think he, either way we're going to get a goal. Let's put me down as a one all in ninety minutes. I'm making uh, that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm thinking that we're going to sort of mix the squad a little bit. Use our our first team effectively. Probably uh, expecting a, you know George Long to start and a, you know a few other players try and stake a claim for a starting spot. Um, but we'll yeah we'll see what sort of reaction the players give. Yeah, I think I mentioned it last week. I think this is probably the easiest team talk that McCann's ever going to have. Because if if Fleetwood beat you four one, then. You know he's he's going to expect to react from the players, and he can sort of he can pin that result up in the, in the changing room and say, guys, you know we really need a reaction from this game. Go out there, and for those of you who are in the fringes of the squad, get yourself out there and prove to me that yeah that you deserve a place in the starting eleven in the league. So, yeah, I'm actually predicting a three-two victory. I think it'll be a nice open game because again, I think I think Joey Barton will come to play. Will come to do what a lot of teams do, sit back and sort of absorb the pressure. I think he's gonna he's he's gonna go for it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Shall we do we look at Har- Harrogate? Oh yes. Shall we do the Harrogate game? Yeah, let's go for it. Um with it with this game, I'm thinking now is your your time to sort of play the kids. Um you, you know uh, well your Callum Joneses, you know those Maybe even an appearance for Harvey Cartwright, maybe in goal. Festus Arthur. Festus Arthur, yeah. I think it's just a good opportunity for that sort of um, integration, really. Billy Chadwick, those sorts of players. Purely because we're we're playing the FA Cup uh, on the Saturday prior to that, and we're going to look at a strong team. So this just gives the players a natural break during the week. I know people might say, well, our best chance of getting to Wembley is the EFL trophy, but. I think um, you look at the Chelsea game last year, the KCOM was bouncing. I know it's, it's probably not going to be the case with fans anytime soon, but to see, you know, to watch um, City on, on TV against a, a Man United or even like a, you know, a lead in the, in the FA Cup, you know, after we beat them in the, um, in the Carabao, you know, it'd be sort of a, I don't know, like a, 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 a nice feeling against see against a big team. So, uh, so yeah, I'd love to um, love to see us go on a good FA Cup run. The EFL Trophy is a bit of a second sort of second fiddle for me, and uh, see the you know see the youngsters play and show that they can cut it at at least League Two level. Yeah, and perhaps uh, another player to to maybe go with is it Harvey Cartwright? Is he the goalkeeper for the um, under twenty three? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe a chance for him to get to get in as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to go two nil Hull for this one. Do you care to chuck a prediction in terms of the result? Um, yeah, let's go for two nil. I'm going to go with you. I was I was thinking that I thought do I go different, but I thought no because if if the win like two nil, I'll be I'll be devastated. <laughs> go with your gut. Irrelevant. Yeah. My, two my nil prediction. So, yeah, well done. So, 
moving swiftly on to a rather bumper edition of Hull City Alphabet. Now, this is gaining some real traction um, on social media, this, John. So, yeah. uh, as I mentioned before, this is this was John's brainchild, this. I can't take the credit. Uh, but the, the guys on Twitter are absolutely fantastic at this. Um, so, I think... For for this for this episode, for tonight's episode, John, should we have should we have your personal ones first, and then I'll I'll whip round the Twitter guys again, if that's alright. Yeah, sure thing. I've had um I've had a few shouts from my colleague at work as well. So what we'll do is after you've done your shout outs, I'll go through the ones he mm. gave me. He was a week early, gave me them last week, but uh, so I give him a shout out. But yeah, my my shout this week um is our eighth record goal scorer is tied eight for 79 goals yeah and um it is ken houghton right so, good shout oh i'd go for someone with a, a record i was tied between him and steve harper who uh, holds a record of his own but yeah mine's ken houghton um 79 league goals he scored to the tigers and i'm um very interested to see he only has obviously two goals more than, than dean windus very interested to see if anyone can sort of ever break into that top 10, top 8, because 79 other, yeah, good tally of goals for the club. I think it is very reachable by someone like, you know, like Akeem Lewis Potter, if he stays with us for a while. I think Wilkes it could be well, acceptable. Maybe. Yeah, maybe something for these guys to aim for, this current crop. Uh, but yeah, my shout for this week is Ken Houghton. Yeah, what a player. I mean, he was another one of them that my my mum used to talk to me about. Um, as did my dad. So he he played in the Chilton Wagstaff era, didn't he? I think. Uh, I believe so. Uh, there isn't much on him, um, to be fair. Uh, he, he played sort of, um, well, his biggest feat for me was, um, from what I saw in the research, was he, he was like the player coach of Scarborough after, um, after Hull City and led him to the FA Trophy. In 1974-75, so yeah, around that uh, era, uh, and he, he played nearly nearly 500 games in the in the football league. So, so yeah, very uh, long sort of career as well, really for him. So, Hull City legend, and he obviously stayed around the the area, being a being a player coach at Scarborough as well, kind of thing. Yeah, legend. I think I think I might remember seeing a program. My dad used to say. Back then, you only used to have one sub, and Houghton used to be like a sub quite a bit because obviously we had Chilton and Wagstaff, and he yeah, used to yeah. sort of come on against the tired defence, and then that's how he sort of grabbed quite a lot of his goals. So, you know, really handy player. Yeah, the early super sub then. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, let's have your second, John. Uh, well, yeah, second then is my um, is is another record holder. Is he? The oldest player to ever feature for the Tigers, and um, this was in uh, it was 40 years and 60 days old against Manchester United, 24th of May 2015, and it's uh, Steve Harper, really good backup goalkeeper. Obviously, made quite a few appearances as, as the number one as well. Yeah, a real strange signing for me um, at the time because he'd been at Newcastle for a long time, hadn't he? And I yeah. thought he'd just see his career out there because he was that number two a lot. Uh, I think he was number two to Pavel Paborski, then number two to Shaka Hislop. Um, and, you know, play, he played a lot of games, but 
um, could have played a lot more at, at um, a different club. So I was surprised that we signed him because I thought he'd just see his career out at Newcastle. But when he was he came to us, he, he showed that he's more than capable of holding his own, being the number one. So Yeah, yeah I agree with you as well because I think he's goalie coach at Newcastle now. Um, yeah. or he certainly was, you know, helping out with the coaching a little bit when he was at City and getting his badges. So, yeah, quite a surprise to see him really come down to East Yorkshire. But it was, you know, good servant for the club, and um, that was a shout also given by my, my colleague at work, Joe. So, cheers for that one, Joe, and a good start there as well. Uh, he also mentioned uh, uh, a, a, an amazing chant. Obviously, those uh, those sort of grown up Hull City fans who were listening will will be well familiar with the Alan McGregor chant, uh, which sort of uh, highlighted him as a bit of a, a party boy. But the uh, the Steve Harper one was much more tame. Uh, and it, it, it went, uh, he dives to the left, he dives to the right. Steve Harper, two kids and a wife. Yeah. <laughs> Typical City fans adapting the chant to suit the, uh, suit the pet player's character. So I loved it. Did anyone uh, mention Peter Halmersey? Yeah, uh, Peter Halmersey. Let's have a look. I've got loads Shocking of Shocking him, wasn't it? Shocking. I really liked him. But... Oh, man, it, just a League Two. Like, like, I know he's obviously signed from Plymouth, but just uh, his agent just stole him a move for me, like League Two player. And he, he had a, like a headband. So everyone just thought, oh, he must be decent, but didn't really well, do yeah. anything, did he? He looks exactly like George Boyd, but I think to, to be fair to him, mate, I don't think he got given a proper chance. And and when when he did get a chance, like he scored twice against Sheffield United in a cup game. Like what more? What more do you have to do in a cup game to get like a chance in the league? I don't know, but just watching the league, mate, I just thought you know uh, we are, you know, we had like the likes like Giovanni and even like Kuzan like bagging them against like the big teams, and then. How mercy! I was like, what? What are we doing here? Like, it, you know, because it wasn't like he was like a, a twenty-one-year-old EFL star. When he like twenty-nine or something. I'm like, I know, oh, but I, I still maintain, John, that he never got he never got a good run of games, so we can actually judge him. Like, if he played fifteen games and he was like crap every game, but like he, he played like one game, like and maybe came on as a sub, and then you wouldn't see him for weeks, and then do you know what I mean? Maybe maybe he was a bad trainer. I don't know, but. Yeah, I ne- <laughs> never really got um, a full a full chance for me, so I'm going to reserve judgment. Yeah, I'd be interested if he would have got into our team now. Uh, I, wonder, I, I wonder if he would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, there you go. McCann, McCann likes a chance, doesn't he? He gives players a chance. So yeah. We'll uh, yeah. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. So, right. Let's go for like... You know, like a bit like Pointless on, on BBC, where yeah. like you go for like the top ones uh, and then like, you know, get like big well done for like these, who got, got all the, all these and that, and then like go for like the obscure ones, like the oh, most obscure yeah. ones. Yeah, I like that. Uh, any of us like well done if you got these at home. Yeah, right. So, uh, so the most popular was uh, between these two, I think. So I'm going to go with, it came from Italy. To play for Hull City. Over to you. <laughs> um, oh, I've gone. Uh, came from Italy to play for Hull City. H. He came uh, from Italy to play for Hull City. 
Whoa. Is it Albert Hernandez? It sure is. Yeah, I was thinking Italian for me. I was like, no, Kiki. Yeah, I was always confused by this chap as well, but I think because we signed him from... Is it Palmer, is it? Yeah, I think we signed him from an Italian team, but he's actually Uruguayan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Abel. Abel, Uh, yeah. Hernandez was mentioned by Dave Weldrick, uh, Stephen, Norwegian Tiger, Zach... Benedict and John Turnbull, so a popular one. Yeah. I always liked him. I always thought he was in that league between the Championship and the Premiership. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I think for me, he was um, probably one of the best strikers we've ever had on paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think whenever he was on the pitch, he, you know, he, he always looked like scoring or, or like assisting a goal. Uh, and uh, I think you know he was. I remember him scoring a pen against Chelsea, and I thought, yeah, this is a player. Do you know what I mean? Like you take balls to score penalty against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the other one who was uh, almost as popular was Huddleston. Um, he, he he's the best. He's the best technical player we've ever had. Yeah, like like um, I know, like you know, we said about Bullard and that. You know when we got when we were at B, but I, I've never seen someone like sort of rotate the ball across the field and like you know keep possession and and just pick out a pass as good as Tom Huddleston. I think his technique was so good. Um, and I know he, did he become a free agent uh, this summer? I'd have loved to have tried to get him back again, but uh, I think he's an absolute cracking player. Uh, it, you know, one of them if he had players around him who could run. Then he can just pick out the passes. Unbelievable player, in my opinion. Yeah, um, a tough one for me because he divides opinion a lot, doesn't he? Because a true football fan can see his genuine, true quality, but then he can often be accused of being a bit like sort of lethargical on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Like a bit, um, like he, he doesn't run. Do you know what I mean? He's not a runner, is he? No, like the ball can pass him by a little bit. Especially if you're playing against a team with a bit of pace, who can sort of break lines easily, he can sort of it can sort of go past him a little bit. You, you sort of see him as a bit of a where Gerard played in the twilight of his career, that sort of quarterback role, where he'll yeah. drop in between the two centre halves and pick it up and and, and start an attack. Maybe he'd, he'd, if he had his career over again, maybe do him in, as a centre half in a three. I think depending on the time that he come through, he would maybe suit that. Given his sort of body type and and Height qualities, well. yeah, it might have been sort of developed as that player a little bit more now. If he was going through the academy setup, you know, taught his sort of defending, you know, principles, and it would it would suit that really well. I mean, um, I don't think at the minute Scott McTominay of Man United is is as as good as technically passing and stuff as he doesn't have a range of Tom Huddleston, but in terms of the body type. You see him often now drop from a, a CDM to a centre back. Uh, Die Eric Die has done it as well. Declan Rice. So the players have done it more recently, and, and maybe Tom Huddleston might have had that again. Yeah, if his career had been over again. Yeah, he might have had more chance at international level as well. Yeah. Him, I think. But yeah, Huddleston mentioned by Dave Weldrick, Hayden, Norwegian Tiger, Benedict, and John Turnbull. So well done to those. Um, Quickly want to mention he provided one of the best moments I think in terms of comedy when he um 
you know, when he chopped his wig when he scored. I think that was Yeah, him. yeah. In Fulham. Yeah, in that 6-1 drubbing. One of his best games in the city shirt, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so where shall I go next? I'm going to go with Isaac Hayden, mentioned by Tom Devereux, Norwegian Tiger, Zach, Peter Chapman and Benedict. Um, what, what did you think of him, quickly? I liked him. Uh, I didn't really think he got, again, like he was on loan, wasn't he? But I, I really, and then he went he went to Newcastle not long after. I do feel like he should have maybe have had another season with us. I'd have liked to have seen a bit more of him. Um, yeah. I just didn't think he wasn't really like a successful loan spell. He was like he's not going to be the most remembered player in the in the club's history, but I do think he was all right. I I actually quite liked him. I'd have played him a lot more than he, he did play. But again, you know, with young players and stuff, you never know the trends. So I thought he showed glimpses, and it's good to see him then, you know, become a a proper Premiership player uh, in the future. So yeah, good signing for us. Good loan signing that was. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go to Stephen Hunt now, mentioned by Tom Devereux, uh, Norwegian Tiger, Zach Benedict and John Turnbull again. Um, I, I really liked him as well. Do you, would you agree? Yeah, I liked him. Uh, it was uh, it was just a bit tragic that he was our top scorer the season we went down with a whopping six goals. Yeah. So, like, it was, that was just a bit of a shame, really. Uh, obviously because the team was so poor. I feel like he would have flourished a little bit more in a in a better team. Uh but yeah. but yeah it was uh did he he came obviously he came in the second season, didn't he? So it would have been nice to have had him all the way through the first season where we yeah. had Hal Mercy. It'd have been good to have Hunt instead and think, Wow, look at that with like Giovanni and, you know, uh, Kuzan and you know Mendy playing well and all those players there. Yeah, it'd have been it'd have been good. Yeah, it'd have been a good option, I think, wasn't it? Because we didn't play with like out and out wingers, did we? Whereas yeah. he is an out and out winger. I think he picked up a bad injury for Reading. That's why he ended up with us. But yeah, yeah, like you say, a lot of his goals, like one of his goals came against Spurs and we like lost six one. And it was like Stephen Hunt was probably like, well, I did my best, guys. I scored a free kick from thirty yards. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next, I'm going to go with um, Ken Houghton, one of your shouts, uh, mentioned by Benedict, uh, Alan Parkinson, and Tiger Daw, who, yeah, we've talked about extensively. I'm going to go to who am I going to next? I'm going to go to Steve Harper, another one of your shouts, mentioned by Norwegian Tiger, Zach, and Benedict. Benedict, uh, if you can give us some more background on the second Steve Harper, uh, we'd love to hear it because uh, we're both not sure, are we? I'm going to go to to you for this one. I promised the Twitter followers that I'd get you as an independent adjudicator on this one. Do you take <laughs> Jan Benegor of Hesselink as a hitch? Well... I did think he was a bit of a shoo-in for like V, you know, because like, that'd be quite hard later on in the alphabet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think like you can have him like, uh, you know, I won't, I won't be harsh on it. You can, you can have that one. Uh, but, but we say we can have it for both. Like, yeah, I'd say. For v. Yeah, yeah, because like, it's going to get a bit difficult, isn't it, when you think about it later down the line. Uh, yeah, V's difficult. There might be some weeks where you can't like, we won't be able to name someone. So, 
Um, but so we take it where we can, can't we? Yeah, I think technically, um, Jan Venegor of Hesselink, I've had this translated for me. So in Holland, it just means like, well, you know, the of in the middle, that just means like a dash, you know, like it's a double barrel. Yeah. Name. So it's technically it's Jan Venegor dash Hesselink. But, you know, we're not going to split air that way. I think we'll allow Yeah, it. like if you had like Oxlade Chamberlain, you could have it for like O and C. And C, yeah. 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 And Walk Peters for WP. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm going to go to... Um, so, you know, you mentioned Steve Harper being the oldest player for C. Yeah. I reckon um, we've got a shout for the second oldest here in Andy Hessenthaler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, crikey, he was a. Did he become like yeah, like Gillingham manager maybe? Um, Kidderminster, I think. He was yeah, was sort of non-league, wasn't he? And I think he's still managing. Um, little little midfielder, but yeah, good to uh, yeah, good good servant to the club. Did his bit. Uh, obviously twilight of his career, but yeah, good shout, mate. Not, uh, Great shout by um, Benedicts. That was. Well done, Benedict. No, sorry, yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. It was, it was oh. Peter Chapman. Sorry, sorry, Benedict, but yeah, well done, Peter Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, so a few, a few left there, mate. We've got Hal Mercy, like we talked about. Um, he was by Zach and Benedict. Um, I've got a shout for Norwegian Tiger. I'm loving this one. We've got Marcus Henriksen. Oh. He signed for um, a team in Norway again, I think. Is it Rosenborg again? Um, but he was a free agent for a while after being released by us. What was your opinion on him quickly, John Henriksen? Oh, like really want a fan of him to be honest, mate. Um, I just I didn't see like why he was made our captain. I, I just I mean I do apologise, Norwegian Tiger. Uh, but yeah, I just didn't. <laughs> I just didn't rate him. When you're growing up watching Ashby bring the team through, you know, and seeing passionate midfielders such as Bambi and so on, and then. It sort of just, it just looked a bit, I don't know, he didn't really have, I mean, every now and again you'd see little glimpses. I mean, but one, watching one game, he absolutely smashed someone in the tackle. And I was like, yes then, Henriksen, this is where it begins. And then it didn't just never really happen. So, yeah, maybe, again, maybe I had Dubai with the players around him. Uh, you know, he could have come to us in the Premiership squad and maybe done all right. Who knows? But, yeah, to be honest, um I know, like we have sometimes in differences in opinions and with different players and stuff, but I'd much rather have a Dean Marnie who would just constantly run non-stop around the pitch, you know, put his body about and just, you know, looks like he's giving his all. When Henrik sometimes he'd come off and think, I mean, have you even got your socks dirty, mate? Like you wouldn't know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, to be honest, John, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Um... We we have seen glimpses of what Henriksen's capable of, but it just wasn't consistent enough for me. And I think to you know to give him a you know a bit of credit, he was probably like they say like you know like a cricket captain like you pick the eleven and then you pick a captain. Yeah. I think that's what they did here. Like they picked an eleven and like the eleven was like poor. So I think. You know, they've sort of gone, oh, well, we'll have to have Henriksen as captain. Yeah, because he's like an international. Yeah, but, he, you know, he might he, he's one of them. He'd probably do better at international level, I think, with players around him. 
yeah, it was weird when like you see him get called up and again and again, and you're like, what? Like no, we in, in like in that like, um, got like Harland, yeah, and Odegaard, <laughs> yeah, and and then Henriksen. I just didn't get it, but you get them, don't you? Sometimes. <laughs> right, let's let's move on before we like before we dig it in all night. Yeah, sorry. Um, um, yeah, James Harper. James Harper was mentioned by Zach and Benedict, um, who we mentioned earlier. We're getting towards the one or two mentions now, John. Um, so let's go with Brian Horton, mentioned by Peter Chapman and Benedict. Was yeah. He, was, he, was he a player for us, mate? Yeah, assistant manager as well to Phil Brown. Yeah, I know he was assistant manager. I didn't know he was a player. Was it Was it before our time or when we were yeah. young? For our time. <laughs> Quite the bit before our time, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Jack Hobbs. Um, was it Jack? Is Jack Hobbs? It is, yeah. And, and he was a free agent this summer. And I was tempted to even drop you a text one day and say, I think we should sign him, you know. You know, for yeah. that like, EFL experience. I know we had devices, but if we weren't so blessed in the centre half position, I'd have taken him. Yeah. I always want, I hope one day. Like Luke Shaw goes down the leagues and they end up playing the same team, you know. So it's Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hobbs mentioned by Zach and Benedict again. Then we had Zach also mentioned Hector, Hector, <laughs> who was, you know, poor. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've slated pretty much every letter H in the whole city alphabet, bar a few. But again, like I can't believe he's a Premier League player, mate. Yeah, Tom Devereux also mentioned Hector as well, to be, to be honest. Um, I forgot that. But yeah, he's poor, poor player for me. Yeah. I've got a couple yeah. from uh, Joe Todd. Um, I've got Andy Holt and Richard Hines uh, as two really good sort of players from early now. Uh, our, our day, sort of watching Hull City from an early age. Uh, two good defenders there. Um, did anyone Great mention Andy Holt? Or- no one mentioned Andy Holt, so that's a cracking shout. And only uh, Lee Walker mentioned Richard Hines. Um, oh, there we go. So, yeah, well done to, to Joe. Quality, mate. Yeah, some good shouts there. Well, uh, get to the, we've, got, we've got a handful left, mate. Yeah, go go for it. Yeah, cause we, we said we'd have a shot. I said we've got a, a big record in here. And, uh, Christ, I'll try and rattle through these. So, another poor one from Somerville, Hatton Ben Arthur. What a shocker he was for us. Well, he'd sort of be a B, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Ben Arthur. He's gone gone for the old... Somerville's gone for the first name again. Yeah, he might... I don't know. Does he have Hatton on his shirt? He's maybe thought, I don't know. Could be one of those players, you know, of his first name. But, yeah, can't can't accept Ben Arthur. No. (laughs) No, can we accept him as a player? (laughs) John Hawley, mentioned by Lee Walker and Peter Chapman. Uh, Norman Hunter, who quickly mate, I have had the pleasure of meeting, uh, really funny gentleman. Um, he, I actually asked him. I had a brief conversation with him when I, I was very young, um, and I said, "He, I just said to me, have you got any advice on you know being a footballer?" And he said, "Are you right-footed or left-footed?" And I said, "I'm right-footed." And he said, "Right, get a ball and bang it against the wall with your left foot." Because how many left footers do you see playing for England? Yeah. Fair enough. And then David Hockaday by James uh, Burrell. Uh, you heard of him? 
Uh, yeah, I've had a name. Yeah. But um, can't say I know the era or anything like that. Um, yeah. Probably in conversation in like Malt Shovel or Carrendon or something before a game, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark, Mark Hately, Norwegian Tiger and Benedict. Nice, good shout. Yeah. Uh, it, here's definitely a pointless one because I haven't heard of him. Terry Heath. No, I haven't. No, no. Not heard of that one. The great shout by Peter Chapman there, Terry Heath. Brian Hughes. Uh, only mentioned by Benedict. Wow. I liked him as well, yeah. And obviously does the commentary now for Tigers yeah. TV. Yeah, and got he had his had his own him and his wife had their own businesses in old, didn't they, I think. So Yeah. Uh here's a cracking one, mate. I think he was our top appearance maker. I might be wrong. Emily Hughes from Tom Devereux. Emily Hughes. Ooh. I'll have to um I'm sure he's our top appearance there. Our top appearances is Andy Davidson. Um, where, where have we got Emily Hughes being a record all before then? Oh, I don't know. He ain't in the top ten. Is he not? Well, I am way off the mark then. Um, surprisingly, only Tom Devereux and John Turnbull mentioned current legend honey monster George Honeyman. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I am, to be fair, I forgot about him. Didn't, yeah. They didn't seem to mention him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, four more, mate. This one's... I love this one. Shout from Tom Devereux. Under-23 under squad, Ryan Hansen. Oh, there we go. So we're going to the, uh, the old uh, under-23s as well. Hopefully we might see him in the EFL trophy at some point soon. Yeah, it's a point for that, Tom. And another one from Tom and mentioned by us at AFC Joe was Tyler Hamilton. Yeah, another youngster. Yeah. He is um, another pointless answer, quality answer, that one. And finally, uh, a couple of shouts from Lee. Jeff, oh, my, my handwriting's awful. Jeff Hemmerman oh, and Paul Haig. Well, we've dug deep, haven't we, guys? That's a great uh, great res- uh, response for the letter H. Um, what I would say is we've, we've slated quite a lot of them, but there were some good plays in there. So uh, some some great shouts there, guys. Some good players. So um, maybe Norman Hunter's advice should have been don't let any uh, any Hull City chairman sign someone with the last name H after me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Chief is called Hal Mercy. Uh, but you know, yeah, there's some yeah, good players in there. Well done, guys. And uh, we'll we'll get out the shouts for next week's episode as well. Yeah, I think. I, I may jump in here, mate, and I may have got like the next poll for next week. Go on, then. Let's have it. So you mentioned that you think that Huddleston is the best Hull City player on paper. Yeah. I reckon... Technically. We, well, I reckon we chuck... Um, let's chuck Bullard. Let's chuck JJ Cocksher, um into the mix. And let's yeah. put it out there and think... Who is the best Hull City player on paper? So, like, not like actually on the pitch, but on paper, I think I think them three are up there. Any, yeah. any Bambi, uh, maybe. What I will say is as well, like with the Kotcher, like he was so ridiculously skillful, wasn't he? Um, yeah. And and Huddleston obviously had a different game, but what we're looking for there is just you know who is the best on paper. Uh, you know what? Who had the best FIFA rating? Yeah, exactly what I was going to say that. Yeah, great oh, sorry, man. did I nick it? Sorry. No, but great man, great man, Sinclair. I absolutely agree. Who would have yeah. the best 
FIFA rating uh, in the prime, yeah. That would be the one uh, to judge them on. So even though they have different attributes, it was the best on paper. Yeah, so I'm going to chuck... So Akotcha, Bullard, Bambi and Huddleston. And I'll put other in case anyone's got any other shouts. That's all we've got for this week, mate. And I think we've slightly run over. We do apologise. Oh, no, it's been a big one. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's one of them. Like, I do... Like, the letter H was a beast. Like, I don't think we'll have many next week for I. So, no. we'll, we'll promise to have a, a shorter episode next week. How's that? Yeah, sounds good. Um, hopefully, everyone has a good week, a nice positive week. I know it's uh, lockdown in the UK. Um, so, for those obviously listening in the UK, try and stay positive. Um, obviously, some of you might have a bit of extra time on your hands to listen to these long episodes but and vote on the polls on Twitter. Uh, but let's just try and... Um, Keep this sort of community of Hull City fans um, really, really tight and, and then supporting each other through what might be a difficult time for many. And um, obviously, if you've got any suggestions yourselves for, for Christmas specials, things like that that we're looking to obviously do, we've got some ideas ourselves. But by all means, you know, if you want to to offer some some um, some advice, then be be free to give us a shout out on the Twitter. And yeah, looking forward to presenting again next week. Yeah, couldn't agree with that more, John. So, yeah, well, our, our message box is always open. If anyone just wants to chat, um, and, yeah, uh, if anyone does want to join us for an episode, you don't need a, a degree in public speaking. You just need, a, like, a phone, a smartphone, and we can get you on. So, yeah, drop us a message if you fancy it. Exactly. Right, guys, thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.